Hello guys, Sarah here and welcome to the Life as an Experiment podcast. It's a podcast where I help you declutter emotional baggage and reclaim your power and confidence in your lives. So today we will be talking about friendships or specifically, why do friendships that were once really beautiful and fantastic turn so sour over time? And why do so many of us struggle with our friendships throughout our lives? Um, I was actually very um, inspired to do this particular podcast episode because firstly, um, uh, most of the, the comments and the questions that I've received on my um, website and on my blog um, usually have to do with, you know, friendship and particularly friends um, cutting you off suddenly. Okay, so that's one problem that we, we face, many people face in our friendships. But also, secondly, I was recently reading a very popular book, okay, um, titled Olive by Emma Gannon, I think it is. And it's a book about how the protagonist, Olive, struggles with her choice to be child-free. Um, I've not really finished reading the book at the point of recording this particular podcast episode, so I'm not sure what the conclusion is. Um, but the child-free theme was what drew me to the book. Um, but I came away actually being more intrigued by the friendships that Olive shared with her other three friends, Isla, um, B, and Cecily, right? Because their friendships actually reminded me of a group of friends that I used to be really close to many, many years ago, right? And just seeing how their dynamics played out kind of kind of pained me, okay? Because it brought back a lot of really, really um, not-so-good memories. It's like watching a train wreck happen. Um to me, it felt like, you know, when I was reading the book that they had little to nothing much in common, actually. Um, and, you know, they were they were friends and all that because of the circumstances that they were actually in. You know, they were all in the same university and shared um, a same flat, uh, if I'm not wrong. And I was also left quite puzzled as to why they actually, you know, stayed friends. And throughout the book, I always felt that Olive was clinging on to this group of friends, um, you know, where she she didn't really have other friends as well, you know, and that was a problem. So, you know, with today's episode, I just want to unpack, um, you know, what happened in that story a little. And I'll be talking also about why, you know, friendships which are amazing at first can turn sour very quickly. And why sometimes perhaps, you know, the people whom you thought were friends actually really aren't friends at all. Okay. So firstly, sometimes, like I mentioned earlier, our friendships are actually held together by circumstance. Okay, so we are friends with people because we happen to be there at the same time and at the same place. Okay, perhaps it's, you know, you're in the same school, same class, you happen to be in the same social group and so on. Because as humans, we crave, you know, a sense of belonging and we like to feel accepted and liked. So generally, you know, we'll gravitate towards people who seem to be quite similar to us and then we'll form social groups. So sometimes we don't, you know, really look too closely at whether we truly have anything in common or not with our friends. And once you're taken out of that, you know, environment, um, you know, you, you your class actually ends, your school ends, you know, your social group, you know, you guys stop meeting, you find that you have actually nothing much in common, Right. And this is actually very, you know, it's very, very common in, say, you know, uh, college friendships, right? Because you guys are together for those four years, um, you know, you had a lot of fun together. But actually when, you know, you don't really examine, you know, whether you really, really like each other or not. But then when you take yourselves out of the college experience and you guys get into, you know, like what people like to say, the real world, you find that you actually don't really have that much in common. 
and sometimes you know your people whom you thought were you know close friends in college can actually really really start to grate on you right um yeah so you know you let the shared experiences carry you through but once you know you are out on the other other side it can feel quite strange and empty because it seems like you don't really know the person very well and i would like to say something about circumstances and circumstances in friendships circumstantial friendships are more like they don't really test your friendship in any way right it's just a string of really fun positive excuse me positive experiences so just like olive and her friends right they clearly had a lot of fun in college and university they had a ball of time living in the same house you know they went to parties and drinks together and all that but you know friendships like that usually untested in very serious ways so it can seem that you have been, you know, through a lot together, but in re- reality, you've barely scratched the surface. And, you know, in in reality, you might not even know the people very well. So having drunken nights on the town, having dinners, parties, dancing about in your underwear in your dorm room can be really, really fun and make for good friendship. But sometimes it really doesn't, um, it doesn't create a level of deep intimacy and seriousness in the friendship, which is why, you know, when you take yourselves out of the circumstance, you find that you don't really have anything in common. Right, and second thing is, you know, sometimes our conversations with people whom we think were our friends are actually not very honest and they can border on the superficial. So superficial conversations has its place, okay? Your small talk, you know, your your pleasantries and all that. It has its place and its time and it serves its purpose, right? Um, but, you know, these conversations with friends, if you're constantly having it with someone whom you consider a close friend, it actually shows a depth of, it shows a lack of intimacy, actually. Um, when conversations are always, you know, about casual events in your life, you know, what you ate last night, what you ate this morning, you know, no discussion about your feelings, your thoughts, your values, and so on, then it means that a friendship is stopping at a level of, you know, um, superficiality. And sometimes with this, you know, uh, things in friendship, it's all about the intention, right? So it's very similar to dating. Actually, friendship and dating is very, very similar. So do you share the same, you know, share things with your person because you want to get to know someone better, you want to get to know your friend better and vice versa, or you're just sharing things just for fun? You know, it's a difference in the intention of the conversation, right? Because the intention drives the depth of conversations that you have and subsequently the depth and the intimacy of your friendship. So many of us think that, you know, just because we spend, you know, many lunches together with someone, we go out to dinners, you know, we go and watch movies and plays together, you know, we go uh, cycle in the park. Then we have, you know, all these really, really cool, like, conversations with someone. Um... Sometimes it really, really doesn't account for much because, you know, either one or both of you are not really being yourselves and you're not really sharing yourself um, honestly. You're not sharing the honest parts of yourself. You're just talking, you know, you're just talking. Talking and sharing conversation on an intimate level is very, very different. You can have a conversation, a pleasant conversation with anybody. But, you know, having an intimate conversation is very, very different. And I do suspect that many of us and many of my clients actually come to me, um, the friendships that they actually have, the conversations in those friendships are actually very superficial. And, um, it, you know, it seems that people are sharing a lot about themselves, but they're not actually being true to themselves. And as a result, not being true to their friend as well. And the third thing is that, you know, um, sometimes in friendships, we can be very conflict avoidant. 
but this is really bad because it then leads to passive aggressiveness or outright aggressive arguments and behavior later on. Right, so when you feel annoyed with your friend or pissed off or upset about their behavior or something they said, what do you do? Do you express it in a manner which is polite and where you still sit how you felt? Or do you just, you know, stew in your corner, get pissed off and you know, bear this grudge against his friend? And as you know, how grudges work is that, you know, grudges will rear its ugly head at the most irrelevant of topics and circumstances further down the road, right? Because um, there's a lot of unseated and untalked about resentment that has been in you for a very, very long time. So many of us are so conflict avoidant that we can't express ourselves in an assertive manner in a conflict or in a, you know, a disagreement without it escalating into a full-blown conflict with all the drama and all that. Then when you get pissed with the person again, you respond in a very passive-aggressive manner because you're still you know, stewing over that previous incident and you haven't gotten over it. Right? This doesn't really bode well for friendship because it means that conflicts or disagreements or unhappiness is not dealt with um, head on. It's actually, you know, just left hanging in the air. Um, you know, when people go off feeling unhappy and then they keep the grudges to themselves and it comes up over and over and over again in the friendship. So imagine in a 10-year-long friendship where both of you don't actually really, really talk about your conflicts, how, you know, how much, you know, of resentment you can actually build for the person, right? And another thing about, you know, um, conflict and about talking about how you feel is that, you know, saying how you feel and being honest with who you are is, you know, um, yeah, is, it is important. But, you know, I've heard of stories and have personally experienced former friends, okay, they're former friends for good reason, who felt that being honest to themselves meant saying whatever the heck they wanted to their friends and expected their friends to be okay with it, right? Yes, you might be wanting to live authentic, authentically or, you know, be honest to yourself or whatever it is, but don't do it at the expense of someone else's feelings, okay? Being true to yourself and being honest isn't a free pass to be rude to people and trample all over their feelings. Okay, no matter how upset your friend actually made you feel, he or she is still a person with feelings, so be respectful when you express yourselves. Okay, um, I can't emphasize, emphasize this even more because, you know, it's something that really, really, like, like bugs me. You know, people who think that, oh, you know, I want to be honest with you and then they go on and just, like, rip into you. Um, say all these really, really nasty, unpleasant things in the name of being honest and, you know, you end up with the other person feeling really, really hurt. It's not a free pass to be rude, okay? Honesty is not rudeness, okay? Let's remember that. And another thing about conflicts that I feel I need to talk about is that, you know, when you're in a clique of people, you know, a, a group of friends, and you have a conflict with one of the people in the group, okay, please address it with the person that you have the conflict with directly and do not tattle to someone else in the group right? Also, when a friend tells you this other friend is doing this, you know, she's very mean to me, she's very nasty, please do not take sides. <laughs> you know, address both parties objectively. And if you can't do that, you know, leave it to them to handle it themselves. Not addressing it with the person, okay, directly and talking to them directly and telling on them to another friend is a very passive-aggressive move. It also leads to people taking sides and if done often, it's rather toxic to the friendship group. Okay, just be an adult and handle it with the party directly. If you feel that you cannot, 
you know, do that, you know, just sit on the, the issue for a while and then bring it up later. Because, you know, I've been in friendship cliques, which is why I don't actually really like being in cliques. Uh, most of my friends are all, you know, uh, one-on-one friendships. I used to be part of a friendship clique where, you know, there was a disagreement and the girl didn't, you know, uh, tell the other girl, you know, directly why she was upset with the person. She went and told another girl and then the other girl started taking sides and went to the, you know, the, the, the earlier girl <laughs> to, to talk about the conflict and then, you know, everybody got upset. So, yeah, don't do that. And, um, you know, leave this sort of behavior in your, you know, um, your teens or whatever, you know, as adults, let's try and be sensible about friendships. And let's, you know, learn to be able to communicate our unhappiness and un- communicate our, you know, um, our boundaries in an assertive way that is that is honest to ourselves, but it's not rude to other people. And, you know, to communicate um, directly to the person involved as well. Right. And next thing is that sometimes in these friendships, you know, there is so much emotional baggage and unhappiness with one another, which is usually swept under the rug for years. Okay, so this is a continuation of the previous point. So when things never get resolved, they are just ignored, they are left hanging in the air and this unsaid stuff then accumulates and becomes emotional baggage. So over time, you'll start feeling incredibly resentful and irritated at very small perceived slights from your friend. So if you find yourself, you know, um, getting really angry or upset over a small thing that happened between your friend and you, it's actually a sign that you might be carrying resentment and unresolved emotional baggage from the past so you need to sit down and ask yourself what that emotional baggage is you know what that point of resentment is and sometimes you actually have to ask yourself is the baggage that you're carrying around are you gonna bring it out into the open and talk about it with the person directly remember direct communication with the uh, the parties involved is it worth you know even talking about and addressing it in open if you don't think that it is, it's best to actually make peace with the situation and let it go, all right? Friendships are really actually no different from any other relationship in your life because, you know, other people are bound to piss you off, do things that upset you and so on. This is very normal human behavior, right? So we need to decide for ourselves which types of behavior are actually acceptable to us and which are not. And if they are not acceptable to you, do you want to talk about it with the other party or not? Best is, you know, you bring it up into the open and talk about it because sometimes people actually don't know that, you know, we are unhappy with them. They actually don't know that we, they've crossed, crossed our boundaries. So sometimes these things need to be brought out into the open and talked about. It's only fair to the other party. Right. And the next point, sometimes, you know, in friendships, you find yourselves being in completely different phases in life and wanting totally different things, which can make you realize that you actually deep down value very different things. So once you hit your 20s, you're going to have lots of friends who will start going off into new chapters of their lives, okay? They are going to start a family, they're going to get married, they have kids, you know, they maybe might, you know, move to another country for work, you know, whereas you might still be single and still be working in this, you know, the same job that you've always been in, right? You then start to realize that the way you spend your time and your lifestyles are going to differ a lot, right? I've had had friends whom I was really close to, but with them, you know, entering motherhood and everything that, that um, you know, they've been through, they started hanging out with other mom friends. And I, on the other hand, love the fact that I'm single and child-free. And I personally prefer hanging out with other people who are also very independent and child-free like me. So, you know, we start hanging out with other people and the friendships can sort of drift apart, right? I feel that this is actually a very inevitable part of friendships, you know, um... 
people drift apart, uh, friendships end because of, you know, different needs and different life stages. You can, of course, you know, try to keep in touch as much as you can. But personally, I find it really, really difficult for um, friendships to actually remain the same as it was before because, you know, there are so many changes going on in each of your lives. And um, personally, I do not like to remain friends, you know, or be too close to someone whom, you know, can't really put in as much effort into the relationship anymore because um, although it's through no fault of their own, right, um, I'm someone who will much rather find new friends to actually hang out with. And, you know, that can be quite fun because you're finding the new friends, you know, in your life stage to hang out with. So, you know, you have more things in common to talk about. But, yeah, this life stage thing is very common in friendships and sometimes, you know, friendships do die because of you know people entering different life stages and it's just very inevitable right so the next point do you really like one another or do you just tolerate one another right so like someone you know you can over overlook some things you know um nobody is gonna be you know someone you totally like okay there's gonna be flaws about each other um, but when you're tolerating someone, it feels actually really different. It feels like you're just, you know, putting up with whatever because you've invested so much time into your friendship or cause of, you know, circumstances, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier. When you're friends with someone who's, you know, company you don't really like, the friendship is actually not really enjoyable. I mean, who wants to be around someone whom you barely tolerate or who barely tolerates you, right? Um... In the end, it just feels like an exercise, a huge exercise in people-pleasing and it's not something that you want to engage in too long, right? So take a look at your friendships and I'm pretty sure there are some, you know, long drawn-out ones where you are just barely tolerating one another. You know, it might not be anything unpleasant that the person is doing to you, but the friendship or hanging out with her doesn't feel very pleasant anymore, right? And then, you know, um, you do have to, to kind of think about, you know, where do you want... Um, your friendships to be hated to? What kinds of people do you want to be um, letting into your inner circle, to be letting in as friends? Right, and the next point, sometimes, you know, our same group of friends can have different, you know, expectations, right? So the protagonist that I mentioned earlier, Olive, she has literally no friends outside of the three of these people, Right? As I tell my clients, it's good to have a varied social group, okay? So mix around with people, don't rely on one group of friends all the time, okay? Why? The same group of people can't give you everything and fulfill all of your needs in your life, right? So for example, I personally love watching plays and I like visiting museums as well, but only one of my friends actually likes this sort of thing. So we do that together, but I don't go to the same friend when I want to talk about my interest in dance or attend dance classes or whatever, because she's not interested in, in this sort of thing at all. I go to someone else, right? And when you try to force fit the same group of friends, you know, to try to meet all of your needs, it is, you know, it's bound to lead to disappointment because you are definitely going to differ over some things. Someone is not going to like the same things as you or value all the things that you do and that always leads to disappointment. So try to have a varied group of friends, um, expand your networks, okay? It's, 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 you know, it's a good thing nowadays, right? Just expand your networks, you know, hang out with different people, be exposed to different kinds of, um, you know, people from different walks of life and different lifestyles and, you know, um, yeah, just find someone that has, you know, um, same interests as you or, you know, same values as you and just, you meet different people, you know, it's, it's, it's not always very, very healthy 
to always depend on the same group of friends for everything. Because, as I'm going to talk about in my next point, it does lead to over-dependency and over-intensity. Okay, so some of us are overly dependent on our group of friends for everything and our friendships are very overly emotionally intense. This can actually create a very toxic atmosphere in the friendship as it means that you do not have clear boundaries with each other anymore. So, you know, for example, if you're constantly nagging your friends about their dressing, you know, needing to spend every single minute together or hear their every single thought, and then you get really, really upset when you find out that, you know, they didn't tell you something um, or using them as your constant emotional crutch to hold you up, yeah, those things actually tend to actually break down over time because your friends are human, they have their own lives, and they need their own space, you know, and they're going to have other friends in their life, and, you know, they're going to want to do other things away from you as well. That doesn't mean that they are any less of a friend to you, okay? So you don't own your friends, you don't, you know, possess them, they're not your possessions or vice versa, and, you know, um, using friends, uh, you know, as an emotional crutch or as a therapist, okay, something I actually want to talk about here. So I'm not sure about the men, but I know that lots of women like to do this. And I feel that it's actually you're not being being you're not being a very good friend and you're not being very fair to your friend. Okay, really. Because I've known so many people who only get in touch with their friend only when something happens in their lives. Okay, like a problem with their husband, a problem with their boyfriend, problem at work, and then you know, they start, you know, calling you and texting you and messaging you about their problems and expect you to like be there and solve everything for them. And then, you know, when the problem is actually not there in your lives, they actually, you know, they can't really be bothered with you, you know, you actually hear like radio silence from them. Yeah. And um, I actually used to know someone as well who emotionally dump um, her unhappiness in all areas of her life to me. And I can understand where she's coming from and like the difficulties she has faced in her life. But, you know, I am not a trained therapist. I'm not a trained trauma psychiatrist whatever it is I can only provide a listening ear and I only can help you know with you know uh, pointing you to resources and things like that but I couldn't do anything much you know I I can't do anything anything else and over time it just felt really really overwhelming because I just felt like an emotional um dumb you know like a like a dumpster like an emotional rubbish bin you know where like I was I was people actually came to me only because they had really, really unpleasant things to tell me about. And I couldn't cope with it because um, I too have my own stuff that I'm figuring, figuring out. So yeah, using your friends as a therapist, you know, too often is not good. It's not healthy. Okay, it is also very, very toxic to your friendship. Right, and the next point, competition and jealousy. Okay, I would like to preface this by saying that, you know, these feelings are actually very normal in friendships. Sometimes you want to be somewhere or want to do something that your friend is already doing. It can feel very upsetting and you experience a lot of envy just looking at their lives. And I like to say that this is actually very, very normal, right? Because they have something you want but don't have. So for example, Olive's friend, Isla, had fertility issues and she was trying to have a child. So she gets really upset when she hears about, you know, Olive constantly talking about being child-free. But, you know, this is where you have to draw boundaries, right? Um... And we have to remember that our lives, no matter, you know, how close we are as friends, our lives are all very, very different. We're all walking very, very different paths. Your friend experiencing something doesn't mean that you never ever will. 
Okay, probably maybe not in the same way, but you know, in some other way. Okay, so you know, let's just say goodbye to get that kind of you know scarcity mindset. Whereas if someone has something, it means that you can't have it. You can have it. Okay, it's just you know it hasn't come to you yet, but you can have it, right? And you know, if someone's presence in your life, um. Is you know getting very upsetting and very triggering because of you know some issues that it brings up. I suggest that it's best to actually take some space from them. You know, just say you need a timeout, right? Um, like for example, Isla, she had to call a timeout on her friendship with Olive because it was really really getting to her. Um, and you know, recently personally as well, I had to call a timeout on a friendship with someone whom I've known for years. Um, because you know, like I said earlier on, the constant texting me when she had a problem. And then you know, just going silent when she doesn't was really really getting to me. And um, yeah, so you know we sometimes need to do that to to kind of um, give ourselves some space. You know, sometimes to reevaluate the friendship and just to take some time away from this person because you know their behavior, or their their lifestyle, or their speech can be very triggering to us. And um, you know we have to protect ourselves and protect our boundaries. Right, and the next point, self-obsession and self-absorption plus the reverse, the lack of initiative and showing concern. So when you make it all about yourself, you know, my problems, my life, it's all about me, 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 my issues, only my problems matter, blah, blah, blah. Self-absorption, okay? It can really kill a friendship. If you're constantly going on about yourself and then not asking about others, um, yeah, about their lives, about them, who wants to be around someone like that, right? And the reverse also works. So being passive and waiting around for someone to ask you how you are, you don't um, bring it up yourself, you know, uh, when someone doesn't ask you, you're just still in your corner and you feel upset that they didn't ask you, you know, this is also, a, you know, a, a kind of, you know, making it all about yourself, right? So sometimes in friendships, it helps to actually open up first, right? Maybe your friend is actually waiting for you to open up. If not, you know, people tend to assume that, you're okay because, you know, we are all quite absorbed with our own lives, right? And on the other hand, on the flip side, it also helps to ask others, you know, how they are doing from time to time instead of constantly just talking about ourselves and our problems, which is, you know, yeah, sometimes this imbalance is very common in a friendship. And lastly, I want to talk about this, the fallacy of loyalty in friendships. Okay, so... Um, when you find yourself thinking, you know, oh, we have to be friends now because we have 12 years of friendship together. We used to promise to do all these things when we were younger. So how can things change now? Yeah, that's the fallacy of loyalty. And I suffered from this greatly in the past where I would justify staying with friends that I didn't even really like because we had history together. Okay, so you have to have to always remember that people change. So usually even the friends that you made when you were 11 aren't going to be the same when you're 21, right? What you're looking for a friendship when you are 11 will not be the same things that you're looking for in a friendship when you're 21, okay? And clinging onto the past and telling yourself, you know, to stay in toxic friendships or hang out with people you barely tolerate just so you can tell others that, you know, oh, you know, I knew this person for 10 years, but you barely even like them. They don't even make you feel good. You know, you aren't going to get a medal for a 10-year friendship or whatever it is. So it doesn't really matter how much history you had together if at present and in the recent past, things haven't been very good. You know, if that's the case, then maybe it's time to reevaluate and let this friendship go. Okay, because closing the door on one friendship 
you don't even really want to be in will open doors to other friendships that will, you know, that will be time and effort well spent. And I let go of, you know, toxic friendships uh, in my 20s, my early 20s, and was honest to myself about how little I liked being around them. It encouraged me to go seek out similar-minded people and, yeah, it has been quite a fun journey, I would have to say. I've made so many new friends over the past 10 years, and although I've not known them for a decade, there are people I actually love being around with. You know, I will actually consciously make a choice um, to be with them and to talk to them. It feels so much better than clinging on to people just because, you know, we had some sort of shared history together. We once had, you know, shared some classes in university or whatever, right? Friendships and friends will mean different things at different stages of our lives. So do keep an open heart and mind and let new people in if you feel like, you know, that's what you are after. So, as a parting comment, friendships are a choice, okay? It occupies a very interesting area in life where, you know, Friendships are actually, you know, we are closer to our friends than we are closer to our colleagues, but it's still not at the level of intimacy as a romantic relationship, right? And the thing about adulthood is that you may see your partner and even your colleagues way more than you see your friends. Okay, so you do have to make time to meet up and you do have to make a conscious effort to choose to be in each other's lives. Friendships also change, that is inevitable, and sometimes you drift apart and that is all okay. That's just part of the human experience. And we all find um, our tribe at the end of the day and, you know, different friendships bring about different experiences and different memories to our lives. Right, that was a bit of a long episode, but uh, I've come to the end of the podcast. So do remember to leave a comment or get in touch with me. I love to hear from my readers and my listeners. Email me at abstractedcollective at gmail.com that is abstract with an ED collective. And if you do like the show, tell your friend and please rate and review on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast as it can help others like you to find it easily. Till next time, go be your wonderful self.